Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Do the Lakers have their eye on a new free agent beyond Christian Wood? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. Always free, never going to be behind a paywall. Locked On Lakers on YouTube. We are so close, Andy, so close to the magic 20,000 subscriber mark. I don't know what happens when you get there. I assume YouTube sends you uh, some sort of fruit basket. Um, looking forward to that. Um, so, uh, help us get past that 20 K threshold. We really appreciate all the support the channel has been getting, uh, definitely leave us your questions, your comments, uh, ideas for show topics over the course of the summer, because we're going to bring you, uh, shows, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're not taking the summer off. Um, so I do want to let everybody know that, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Prize picks. Uh, prize picks first time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Andy, the uh, Christian Woods saga continues. Um, Bismack Biombo still out there waiting for uh, a suitor to, 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 to sign him up. But uh, this weekend, the Lakers were linked to yet another free agent, kind of an interesting name. Um, Rudy Gay, uh, former member of the Jazz, uh, who was it was which trade was he involved in to the Thunder? He was coming off a season or two seasons with Utah, and now is a free agent, according to Michael Scotto from Hoops Hype. Uh, he has been linked to the Lakers as well as the Warriors, the Mavericks, the Bulls, and the Pelicans. Uh, he is expected to draw interest from playoff caliber teams, which would make sense because unless he was just hard up for offers and really wants to be in the NBA, I don't know why Rudy Gay is looking for anybody but a contender at this stage of his career. It's um, it's an interesting thing because like he is on the one hand – kind of, you know, steady veteran influence, you know, kind of, a, you know, we talked a lot about predictability, uh, particularly guys who would be deeper in the bench and gay, you know, on this team would be six, eight. Um, he is a seven foot three wingspan is, is where he's listed. And um, so he actually played a little bit of small ball center for Utah last season. Uh, but I think about what was it about fifteen percent was the uh, number that was given for the amount of minutes that he played as a small ball center. So it's not he's not. And that's going on the last couple seasons. Couple for seasons Rudy Gay as well. So he's not completely incapable or out of left field that he could soak up a few of those minutes behind Anthony Davis. He is not by any stretch of the imagination, though, a center. So. Um, you know, he'd have he'd have another six eight, you know, long armed body um, who actually plays pretty decent, you know, team defense and all that kind of stuff. Smart team defender and all that to throw into a cr suddenly crowded mix. It's an interesting. He doesn't solve the center problem, but he does. Would be a, an interesting name for the back of the bench. No, he would be the equivalent, I think, in a lot of ways. 
I mean, other than somebody that you could play at the four with Anthony Davis, stretch the floor for him, but right. you're keeping Anthony Davis at center. It's just somebody that you can pair up with Anthony Davis. Although, as we've talked about before, Christian Wood may be two inches smaller and has spent more time playing center than Rudy Gay. I don't honestly consider Christian Wood a center solver with Anthony Davis for this team. We've talked about it before. People can go back to a recent podcast. I, In terms of the way I think this roster is set up and the other guys that would be out on the floor for a lot of this, I, I don't personally – some of this can be semantics, but I don't, I don't really consider it. But anyway, like – Yeah, I, I think Wood – is a is a very nice fit offensively. He is a problematic fit defensively. Right. Um, but Rudy Gay, in a lot of ways, reminds me of what the Lakers would sometimes do when they would have LeBron and Rui Hachimura on the floor together with AD sitting. And then, like we saw this pronounced really well during the Memphis series, uh, finally, Wenyan Gabriel ended up getting the minutes that had gone to Troy Beasley and or uh, excuse me, Troy Brown and or Malik Beasley. And it made a big difference in terms of keeping Memphis a bigger team off the glass. Mm -hmm. I see Rudy Gay as potentially more of that kind of guy as a small ball center where it becomes really, I don't know who the center is between LeBron, Rui, and Gay. And I'm not sure, depending on who else is out there for the other team, I even care. Right. It's just a bigger body to help you on the glass. So the problem here, and I went back and looked, is in my brain, Rudy Gay, while he's, you know, he's going to be 30, turning 37, might already be 37. Let me check that. Uh, he is 36 in 340 days as we record this show. So before the start of the season, he'd be 37. Um, the problem is, and I, in my mind, he had been uh, more productive in Utah than he actually was. And, you know, last season in admittedly short minutes, played 56 games, um, about a little under 15 minutes a night, shot only 38% from the floor and 25% from three. Um, the season before that, he was at 34.5% from three, which would, you know, is a, is a particular, uh, totally tolerable number, uh, but only 41% from the floor. Um, about you know nine and more of his shots coming from two than you would think. The season before that, though, he was at thirty eight percent and from three, forty two percent from from the floor, playing almost twenty two minutes a night um, for the Spurs. And so, what what worries me about that on a team where you already have Jackson Hayes, who is a bit of a question mark in my mind, maybe not in theirs, uh, and Cam Reddish, who is a question mark in my mind, and I hope in theirs. I mean, they're trying to rehab. Uh, and see what they can squeeze from that. I don't want to add too many guys to this roster that I wouldn't feel comfortable playing. And there's a strong possibility here that Rudy Gay has finally kind of hit a wall. Um, the defense of Rudy Gay would be his three-point shooting, for example, has been wildly inconsistent throughout his career. So perhaps last year was just that sort of variance, and he could be a 38% three-point shooter again for the Lakers. Uh, but the the drop in performance as you go from 35 to 36 to 37 worries me. Yeah. I We've talked before about like JaVale McGee, for example. Like it's, it's, it is expected that JaVale is either going to get traded by Dallas or waived and stretched. 
mm-hmm. but like one way or another will not be on Dallas. But if he ends up a free agent, we've heard from a lot of people, whether on Twitter at Cam Brothers or hitting us up in the Lock on Lakers YouTube channel comments section about, you know, would we be interested in JaVale? And obviously he has that great history with the Lakers. He was part of the 2020 championship team. He was fantastic in the locker room. You and I both really liked him while covering him. And we both really just love the arc, like the story of his career and the way he's redeemed himself, I think, in terms of a professional and respect level. But given what happened in Dallas and how much they really wanted to commit to him, they gave him a three-year deal. And Jason Kidd is the coach. Jason Kidd coached him in LA. He was Frank Vogel's lead assistant. Like this was not something thrust upon Jason Kidd. And they moved really quickly off him. It makes you wonder if age is catching up to JaVale in ways that his floor is no longer high. And I I have concerns that with someone like Rudy Gay, the thing you would want is you know his ceiling is going to be pretty low given where he is in his career, Mm -hmm. but that the floor would be high. My concern is that Rudy Gay's floor isn't even that high anymore. That's really what I'm getting at. And like, you know, well, I'm not surprised people are talking about like bringing back JaVale because people are still talking about bringing back Dwight Howard. And I really need, while we we love the YouTube support that we're getting and the activity on that channel, that percentage of you who are diehard bring back Dwight guys, we need you to stop. <laughs> that's just, that's not, that's not okay. Um, JaVale is more realistic, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, there are certain things about Rudy Gay's floor that I think the coaching staff would find appealing in terms of they wouldn't he'd be low maintenance. He would know exactly what his role would be in the 10 to 12, 12 to 15, some DNPs, the two weeks Anthony Davis doesn't play guys are out. He could play a little bit, whatever. Always been they, known as very professional. They would know exact, he would know exactly what to do. They wouldn't have to explain anything to him. He's a plug and play kind of guy going from 14th in your rotation to ninth for two weeks like he could do that um but i don't know how good he would be and like i said like i i would feel more comfortable with wood um even with knowing that his defensive liability would be strong i would feel much more comfortable with biombo because you know exactly what skill set you're getting and that he would be good at it um, like he has a high ceiling in that one area and then low yeah. everywhere else. Okay. Um, you can plan for that. Um, if Rudy Gay was your 15th roster spot and they actually filled it and like he was your and with wood or beyond fine. I don't no problem with it. Um, but just by himself, if they really are going to keep that 15th spot open, you can't go get it. You can't use it on Rudy. You can't use 14 on Rudy Gay. Um, Gabe Vincent has some really interesting things to say about winning a title versus winning a gold medal, which we'll get to. Uh, Austin Reeves has some uh, very interesting things to say about not knowing Taylor Swift. Um, but next, Andy, the Lakers and NBA trade history. This is a really fun uh, thing that you found on Hoops Hype uh, that the Lakers are all over, and we will explain next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks and Laker fans. If you have not signed up for Prize Picks yet, you are missing out on daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best DFS prop game on the market. They offer more props than any other DFS pop, prop operator. They offer the superstar players, the bench players. Just pick two to six players and predict whether they will notch more or less than Prize Picks stats projections. And you can win up to 25 times your money. And they offer projections on everything from 
MLB to WNBA to even cricket. And if you're a Dodger fan listening right now, a lot of options out there, a lot of guys to choose from with the Dodgers, particularly now as they're looking to getting closer to the trade deadline, be aggressive, have some fun. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Safe, fast withdrawals. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com. Sign up, play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked on again. Don't forget the promo code locked on at the sign up for the instant match. And if you're not playing prize picks, you don't know what you're missing. Okay. Um, you and I last week spent a little time talking about Austin Reeves uh, and his appearance on the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and uh, Stephen Jackson. And I think we talked about, um, like stupid things like was he close to signing with a different team what teams those might have been and and like ir- ir- not irrelevant things um and the unimportant stuff um he more from that interview andy he uh was asked about the rumors that got everything um you know twitter and and, and nba twitter was was all over this one the, the rumor that he was dating taylor swift yeah um, and they asked him about it like was she down in arkansas and he said, uh, I ain't never talked to her. They said we were in a bar in Arkansas. I've never met her, never talked to her. Oh, he even put in stronger terms, Brian. He said, all BS, mm-hmm. all BS. And he didn't use BS. He used the actual words. Because yeah. you can he curse is... on that show, unlike this yeah. one. Oh, I, I think it's required to curse on all the smoke. Um, can you imagine if they actually, like, like if that was a locked on show, <laughs> David Locke was like, sorry, Stephen Jackson. And no, no, no. If, no if that was a... No, if that was a locked on show, we would be getting a memo from David Locke that Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes have rules that don't apply to the rest of us. The Jordan um, rules. It's very different. Like, yes. you know, when you are them, right. So sorry, yeah, Locke. Exactly. Like, there's still no cursing. Oh, David Locke is not a dummy. If he could get Stephen <laughs> Jackson and Matt Barnes on his network, he would say, You guys say whatever the hell you want. I'll deal with all these other people upset with it. Yeah. It is worth noting, Brian. If Austin Reeves was dating Taylor Swift, this is exactly what he would say. That's true. Yeah. This is exactly what somebody who is dating arguably the most famous pop star on the planet. It's exactly what he'd say if he was dating. If he doesn't want people to if he doesn't want people talking, as he says, he caps the line of questioning with quote, I'm gonna stay out of the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the thing. This version of Austin Reeves not dating Taylor Swift. Uh, this version just might be. Yeah. <laughs> just I just, might be. The Ascension story of Austin Reeves is already incredible, but it becomes arguably the greatest American success story it's, if he's actually dating Taylor, Taylor Swift. We, we had the great meme where uh, Rihanna was staring down Alex Caruso, and I know all of us tried to wish that into existence. It never mm-hmm. happened. You know, she's gone on. She has a child, I think another one coming very happy with Rocky, ASAP Rocky. So it worked out on her feet. She's landed on her feet that Rihanna, but I still believe in the prospect of Austin Reeves and Taylor Swift. Okay. You found something really entertaining on uh, hoops hype that is just littered with the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, hoops. Hype put out a really fun list. Uh, I believe it was last week in light of the Damian Lillard and James Harden, you know, trade me to this team or bust demands right. and the stalemate that's going on right now between Dame and the Blazers and Harden and the Sixers. 
And Hoops Hype did a piece listing the most, the 26 most impactful trade demands in NBA history. We'll put a link to the article in the show notes uh, for this one once it's up, whether in YouTube or you can find it on iTunes. But I noticed going through this list just how many of these trade demands are linked directly or indirectly, like tangentially, or even a little bit of both to the Lakers. Like the top 12 alone, number 11, AD eventually going to the Lakers. Mm -hmm. 10, Chris Paul and basketball reasons. Number nine, Scotty Pippen eventually going to the Blazers in a sign and trade, which is not directly connected to the Lakers, but that was part of that Lakers-Blazers awesome rivalry in the early 2000s. And mm-hmm. Phil did actually try to trade for Scotty while Scotty was in Portland. Number eight was Kawhi Leonard to Toronto before going to Toronto. By all accounts, Kawhi was interested in a trade to the Lakers. And certainly before going to the Clippers, he had been directly linked to the Lakers because the Lakers were waiting on him in free agency. Number seven, 2004, Shaq's trade demand. He goes to Miami, dynasty ends, the feud simmers. Both teams end up with titles uh, involving players on both ends of that deal. Number six, Wilt from the Sixers to the Lakers. Number five, Kobe's 2007 offseason trade demand. Pluto. Uh, Yes. Number four, Hakeem, uh, 92. I didn't realize this. He wanted a trade from Houston. It was obviously uh, unmet. In Houston, that has really nothing to do with the Lakers. Number three, I forgot about this. Shaq in 2001 requested a trade. It obviously was not honored, but he was sick of the back and forth with him and Kobe. And uh, I'm reading right now from the Hoops Hype piece. The Los Angeles Times reported today, uh, this is something that they excerpt, uh, excerpted, that O'Neal told Jack, Phil Jackson and general manager Mitch Kupchak after a December 28th game at Phoenix that he wanted to be traded. Kupchak told the Times he did not trade take the demand seriously. It was after the Lakers defeated the Suns 115-78. to He said he believed O'Neal was merely venting his season-long frustration with the mm-hmm. offense, General and Bryant in particular. <laughs> O'Neal, who had signed I think he's years. just venting his frustration with the offense and Kobe in particular. Uh, O'Neal, who signed a three-year $88.4 million extension in October, has not followed up. Kupchak said, you have to take the conversation for whatever the moment was. Never for a second did I consider it. This is something that will be worked out. There haven't been and there will be no discussions about trading anyone, period. Number two on this list, Magic demanding a trade in 82. Obviously, Magic was not traded, but that led to Paul West. 81, I thought. Uh, 82. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, but yeah. It led to Point Paul being, yeah. getting fired. Pat Riley hired. Showtime is birth. The NBA is saved. No big deal. And number one, Kareem from the Bucks <laughs> to the Lakers. That's crazy, man. And then you go like it kind of is. You go 12 through 26. There are at least two or three that are either directly or tangentially related to the Lakers. Like Dwight, Dwight going from Orlando to the Lakers is somewhere between 12 and 26. It's just crazy how much of these pivotal moments in NBA history involving great players all in one way or another are centered around the Lakers. Right. And what struck out to me is like how many of them literally were the Lakers, like not just like, 
you know, the, the stuff like that is tangentially related or like the Lakers were part of the rumor or whatever it is, but like Lakers players or players who were trying to get to LA, um, all of that was, is, was totally, it was so much fun. And we'll, like you said, we'll, we'll go through that list. The Kobe thing, um, I will just, I will always remember that summer. Like that was crazy because people like, I, I may not remember like other younger fans, whatever. He's, he did like this radio tour where he was on every sports radios, like every station. I think it was on NPR. I think he went to like, you know, NBC. I mean, he was everywhere. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was, this insane. was more like Twitter. Like, can you imagine oh if God. Twitter had existed then? Oh my God. Um, all right. Uh, Gabe Vincent had some, well, go back and it's worth a read. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Gabe Vincent had some really interesting things to say about the, the value of Olympic medals, uh, versus titles. Um, in it could, in ways that could get a Lakers fans attention. We'll get to that next. Okay, Andy, so not everybody knows this. I actually didn't realize it until um, reading about this stuff that um, Gabe Vincent plays for the Nigerian Nigerian national team. Um, you know, through his, you know, that's not uncommon for uh, American players to do that through, you know, family, father, grandfather, grandmother, mother, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty common for for players to play uh, for for other countries. Um, so on the old man and the three podcasts with JJ Raddick and Tommy Alter, he said this for me personally, I've been really looking forward to raising that Larry O'Brien trophy. I hope so. That's why we, you know, the Lakers are certainly hoping that as well. Uh, but knowing how much it would mean for the 400 million plus people in Nigeria, let alone the one point something billion on the continent of Africa, that's a hard one to pass up, you know, getting a gold medal, especially in the sport where, you know, African teams haven't had much of a footing. Not only would it be fulfilling and great in its own way, but I think legacy-wise, it would stand taller a little longer. So I'm going to reluctantly have to say that a gold medal with Nigeria, I think that would be just epic. And this was, of course, as you could tell, in response to the question of which would you rather win, a title or an Olympic gold medal? I think it's a fascinating answer. Well, first of all, I mean, with, you and I don't follow like Olympic basketball and, you know, like World Cup and, you know, all, all of these different events, we, like global basketball, we we don't cover no. it that closely or pay that close of attention to it. But I am willing to assume that for the Nigerian basketball team, Gabe Vincent would be one of the stars of that team. I have to imagine he would be one of the best players on the team and one of like the focal points of the offense, something like that. So, and again, maybe I'm wrong about this. Please feel I'll look free. At you talk, I'll look it up. Yeah, please feel free to correct me on this. Anybody listening or you, you know, comment section, whatever. But assuming I'm correct about it, I can understand where he's coming from because beyond what he talked about before, when it comes to like representing, you know, a nation and you know that population of people that you know at this point still feels unrepresented in this sport, you know, as, as a country and even he put it as a continent. There's also the idea of feeling like you are going to be a bigger piece of that. Like mm -hmm. if Gabe Vincent ends up part of a championship team between now and the next you know, three seasons when he's under contract with the Lakers, I imagine that he will be a notable part of the team. He will be a rotation player. He might be a closer. You know, he might have a similar role that, that Alex Caruso had in 2020 where 
He didn't start, but he pretty much always closed. But Gabe Vincent still won't likely be one of the guys immediately remembered with that team. Like if things go as everybody expects, you remember LeBron and AD first, then probably Austin right. Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Rui, like the guys who are higher in the pecking order, unless Gabe Vincent just has Ori-esque, Derek Fisher-esque, Trevor Ariza-esque moments, like those sorts of things. If Nigeria wins a gold medal, I guarantee, I'm pretty confident Gabe Vincent's going to be one of the driving forces. Sure. Um, just to look back up, the last time he played played on the 22 team, the, I guess the thing that's the Olympic team, uh, Jordan Nwora, there are some NBA guys on it. Jor- Jordan Nwora, uh, Chimezi Metu, Pre- uh, Precious Achiwara, uh, Josh Okogi, Casey Okpala. Um, so there, there are some... Yeah, but nobody that feels NBA like... Names. But nobody that feels though like they are more established in the NBA. No, game no, no they're but they're they're all you know some guys who are kind of in that sort of same basic, and particularly as scores too, because we always remember the scores. But it's it's what's interesting to me isn't so much the role. I mean, it's an interesting way to look at it from the role. I just think that his evaluation of kind of impact, like broadly the impact, because mm-hmm. um, he's not wrong, like. What that would be, it would be one of the most memorable Olympic victories in anything, you know, if Nigeria, where Nigeria did beat the U.S., I think it was two years ago, uh, four years ago, it might have been in the Olympics, uh, or one of the one of the big tournaments, whether it was 2020, 2020, yeah. In USA lost to Nigeria. So, I mean, it's not that they they can't play decent ball. You just heard me, you know, saying, you know, some of the, they have NBA talent on that roster. But, the stuff where he talks about just the impact of what that would mean for the continent of Africa and the country of Nigeria and, and all like these would be sort of seminal moments in the history of these places from a sports standpoint yeah. in ways that an NBA title just can't compete with in the U.S. Right, um, and then the significance, and then being. But I mean, even if he was way. just a supporting character sure. on that, like. The, the being a part of something that significant from a sports level to that many people, yeah. um, it, 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 you know, we talk about, you know, casuals in the NBA and people who kind of like, don't, you know, you and I, you know, I didn't realize the British open was this weekend, you know, for example, and I like golf. Um, there isn't anybody, I mean, there, I'm, grain of salt, obviously it's an exaggeration, but like the amount of, of people that would be together on the continent of Africa to see Nigeria or any African country try to win a gold medal in basketball. Um, casuals, <laughs> they bring people who never heard of basketball, never seen it um, just on principle, like because it's never happened. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's never been a thing. So, I mean, to be part of that yeah, and to bring that kind of, pride and joy to that many people it's just there's no way an nba title can compete with that he's not wrong he's in that sense and i could see why he would land on that evaluation. doesn't mean he doesn't want to win an nba title because frankly nigeria is not going to win an olympic gold medal anyway um but i thought i just thought it was a really thoughtful answer it, it is a really thoughtful answer and if not, it speaks to a lot of what we heard about gabe vincent you know, it, talking uh, with locked on heat with the scouting report and just the the general the general consensus on Gabe Vincent is that 
he's a great guy in the locker room, but also just he's a really thoughtful guy. And I and I agree with you. I think this really reflects just that he's a he's a he's an introspective thinker. Also, a self look is like you're talking about, like just you know, you're thinking of the joy of like you're balancing the 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 amount like the cumulative level of joy and impact. Sure, for things that really don't benefit you. Well, I mean, I mean he's that's become fabulously wealthy by being on the Nigerian team that wins. Like, no, that's but that's something. It's something team centric, though people do is yes. they think about others around them. Exactly. So again, it reflects a lot of what we heard about Gabe Vincent. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out. Please stop talking about Dwight Howard, though. If you're going to be doing it, we want you welcome. We want you here. Uh, we we love you. We appreciate you. Please don't keep recommending Dwight Howard. Um, lots to get to this week. We've got some great interviews coming up. A lot of uh, got a Cam Reddish scouting report coming up, and we've got. Uh, some some fun interviews, which we're going to kind of extend through into um, August as that's creeping up on us pretty quickly. Please, 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 in the comment section, if there are people that you want us to try to get onto the show, leave us those comments. You can tweet us at Cam Brothers, Brothers at gmail.com if you really want to drop us an, uh, an email and get old, old school with it um, because we want your input. Um, so we will see everybody on Tuesday.